Welcome to the May Contain Wine Podcast, brought to you by Wine, Women, and Wellbeing. I'm your host, Lisa Webb, and together we're going to get to know incredible women doing all kinds of interesting things. So grab a glass and get ready to be inspired by the amazing women in our global community. Hello, my friends. I am so excited to bring you today's episode. I am having a conversation with Chow, the co-owner of Paris Jewelers. We are talking about how her parents came from Vietnam to Canada, and then her and her sister Trang took over the family business. They grew Paris Jewelers to a national company, and they are making some serious waves. I talked to Chow about what's most important to her, how she gets through her days, and you're going to want to listen to the end because you know that I asked her about Caitlin Bristow's engagement ring. Hello, Chow. How are you? I'm really good, Lisa. How are you? Good. I'm so happy that you're here today. So um, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm going to get Chow to introduce herself a little bit, but she is the co-owner of Paris Jewelers. And uh, the beauty of the internet, Chow and I have developed a friendship Um, but COVID times, we haven't actually met in real life. So this is a treat for us to be able to do this. And uh, I'm really excited about today. So thanks for being here, Chow. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's very nice to sit down and have a glass of wine with you, even if it's virtually. Yes, exactly. Right. Okay. So Mm -hmm. let's start like way back at the beginning. And I want you to imagine like if anyone listening, uh, like let's say that they're not in our Canadian community they're coming from somewhere else and they don't know what Paris Jewelers is. Um, tell us all about you and your company. Let's start there. Go way back. It's a loaded question. Go right? way, way back. Okay. So, um, so our family immigrated from Vietnam to Canada. You know, my, my parents were just looking, um, you know, for a better life for our family here. And we landed in Winnipeg of all places because we had family there. And then we made our way to um, Edmonton, Alberta. And at the time, of course, my my parents didn't speak English and we came with very little. I believe my, they, they had $50 in their pocket. And what I saw growing up is that they worked really hard. They had two or three jobs at the same time and they were going to English as second language classes. And my grandma came with us too. So I was two years old and my younger sister Trang was six months and we saw them work really hard. Um, we were very blessed to be in Canada and um, they had the opportunity to start training as goldsmiths in what is now a competitor's jewelry store. So they trained and became goldsmiths and became pretty good at the trade. And then there was an opportunity to open a really tiny shop in St. Albert Center in St. Albert, Alberta. It was very modest, 400 square feet. And they, they just took the chance and they opened the store. And when I say modest, Lisa, I mean, super <laughs> modest. I mean, we had a few showcases. When you are relatively unknown, it's pretty hard to get any vendors to sell you jewelry. We didn't have very much jewelry, but they, they did a lot of jewelry repairs. Um, we didn't have a computer system. It was called St. Albert Goldsmith. Obviously, back then, we didn't have a marketing team. It was in St. Albert, and they were goldsmiths. So voila, the name St. Albert yeah, works. came to be. <laughs> It, it, it worked. And at the time, they didn't speak English. So they bought a Vietnamese English dictionary. And every time a customer would come in, they would pull out the dictionary and use that to translate and speak to customers. Oh, my goodness. I just got chills from that because that mm-hmm. how brave is that? Right. 
So you were showing yeah, and you know, an example <laughs> from like, basically from birth of like hustle and heart and bravery. Yeah. And I think when I come across anything in the business now, and I think, you know what, if my mom, my mama could overcome not speaking the same language as customers and using a dictionary, I can overcome anything. Absolutely. (laughs) That's incredible. So when did you step into the picture? I guess you probably kind of grew up in that space. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, we grew up in the mall. We were there all the time. People joke that Trang and I were mall rats. We were just <laughs> always there. We would eat our dinner in the food court. We would do our homework in the food court and then we just wander the mall. So, you know, it was pretty, um, we, you know, we saw that hard work growing up and it was really fantastic. Um, I started in the business. I started working part-time. I was probably 15 helping customers. That was when I really fell in love and people think like I fell in love with the jewelry first. That that actually isn't true. I actually fell in love with the customer experience. When I was 16, I had my biggest sale. And I remember the customer was buying something for his wife for Christmas. And it was like the biggest sale I'd ever had. And it was it was like almost a thousand dollars. And I remember him pulling out money and look first of all, I remember the look in his face when I showed him the right piece. And it was a, a diamond pennant, it was a cluster of diamonds, and I remember that look on his face of pure happiness when he knew he'd found the right piece for Christmas morning. And then he'd pulled out this money from his pocket and he was counting it. And he told me he'd saved up for, for almost a year to buy this pendant. That was the experience I fell in love with when I was dealing with customers and seeing that experience and knowing how hard they worked for their money and how they chose us to be a part of that experience. I'll never forget it. I love that. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. And so Now it's you and your sister who run Paris Jewelers. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Me and my sister. And so how is it working with family? That is a great question. (laughs) I'm always so honest about that. I love working with my sister about 90% of the time. But you know what? It's, you know, sometimes when you're, um, you're working in a business, it's so much hard work and anybody who owns a business will tell you. And sometimes it can be really lonely. And you can feel so alone because everything falls on you at the end of the day. It's, it may not be your fault, but it's your responsibility. When I get to work with my sister, I never really feel alone. I always feel like there's someone that has my back that will hear me out, that will call me out. And I think that's something that's pretty incredible. I don't know if I'd be able to do it on my own without her. That's the truth. Amazing. So how, how did we go from being in 400 square feet in St. Albert, Alberta Mm -hmm. to being a national chain and so well-known. So, you know, after, so after a couple of years of having St. Albert Goldsmith, um, the mall approached us and they said, you know, you, you know, you guys are doing pretty well. And um, we have another spot in, in the mall. Do you want to open another store? And, you know, my mom was like, no, like one store is more than we could have ever dreamed of coming to Canada as immigrants from Vietnam. So like, think about it. So then um, they thought about it and like, we don't grow from a comfort zone. So they took that leap and they opened a second store in the same mall. And that's how Paris Jewelers was born. Uh, And where did the name come from? Um, So everybody thinks it's because we are in love with the city of Paris. I have been to Paris once and it's lovely, but actually in our Vietnamese community, there is a concert called Paris by Night. And all of the famous Vietnamese singers and entertainers 
um, they perform at this concert. And I think the concert's held in LA. And really anybody who is really anybody or successful in the Vietnamese community gets to go to this concert. So this concert really represented a dream of what could be if we worked hard enough to get there. So Paris Jewelers actually um, represents that dream of one day being able to go to that concert. Amazing. And then it just, one store led to another store, led to another store? Yeah, yeah. So after the first Paris um, was open, I mean, they were working, you know, 15 hours a day and we were starting to like hire employees because you couldn't have two stores with just two people. And then something incredible happened. Um, Somebody called from a mall in Red Deer and they said, you know, we heard you're, you know, you have two stores. How do you feel about, you know, opening a store in Red Deer? And they're like, okay, no, we live in St. <laughs> Albert. We do business in St. Albert. Red Deer is like so far away. And they're like, okay, like just come out and see the store. So they did. And it was, it was a great mall, a great location. So they made the, the leap to open a store in Red Deer. And I'll remember for the first year that store was open because we didn't have managers. We didn't have a ton of staff. They got into their car every single day and drove from St. Albert two hours to be there to open the door at nine, would work 12 hours until nine and drive home every single day for a year. Wow. And I remember they did it with so much pride, so much pleasure, never a complaint because it was such a dream. So that store was our very first out of town store. So it means so much to us. Absolutely. And again, what an example, like, like I can't even, I don't even have the words because to do that without complaining and to think like it, because for them, it probably was a privilege, right? It, it was an absolute privilege. So that to them was like a dream come true. And they would drive tirelessly every single day for a year. Wow. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. And you were, yeah, and were really you guys still young when that happened? Yeah, we were really young. We were very blessed that our grandma lived with us and she took care of us. But um, yeah, we were very young. And we just remember like, they would come home, it'd be 11 or 12 o'clock, and they'd have a huge smile on their face. And said it was a great day in Red Deer. I said, okay, great. <laughs> Good, right? And as kids, I think you just, you know what you live. And so if, mm-hmm. if that's what we're doing now, that's what mom and dad are doing now. So that's, kids are pretty adaptable. So and, yeah. and you soak it in. And obviously that worked for you. So was there any time where you had aspirations to do something else other than jewelry or other than take over the family business? Or was that something you knew you always wanted to do? You know what? I, I didn't know if it was what I wanted to do. I know that I was very connected to the business growing up. Um, you know, when we were young, we would love to get involved. Trang and I, I think we would make like the sales signs and we would buy like Bristol board and write signs and want them to hang it up in the store. Um, the other thing I wanted to be was a veterinarian because I loved animals, but I, I don't know what happened there. So I felt connected to the business. I don't know if I ever grew up wanting to do anything else, but it just, it was always pulling me in that customer experience. And I always felt that if a customer chose us to celebrate or be a part of their special occasion, it was always a privilege and an honor. And I was always so drawn to that. I can't explain it, but it was always yeah. there for me. That's amazing. So can you talk for a minute about how and when social media became important and such a big piece of your business and how, how did that shift things? What it, how did that change or 
what did it do for your business? I have to be totally honest. I think our company was very late to the media game because we had brick and mortar stores and we were super focused on that and not as much focus as our, like on our online presence. I think it became very important about three to four years ago. Um, I think that we were late to the game, but it does make a difference. I think that it is a way for us to authentically share who we are um, at the heart of it, right? That maybe you can't get from a store. I think people are so interested in knowing who they're buying from and rightly so they have that right. So how else could Trang and I or our company share about ourselves if we're not in every store because we're so spread out? So it's actually been a really big gift to connect with customers that we don't normally get to see. Yeah. And, and I love that because as, as you know, I just moved back to Calgary. It's been less than three years that I've been here. So everything was kind of like new and then there'd be certain malls that I go to and certain ones that I didn't. And then I got to know you guys and I knew that you had stores in different malls, but then I became like big Paris Jewelers fan over here. And so I would go into like randomly, like somewhere where I don't normally go like Sunridge mall. And I'm like, Oh, Paris Jewelers is in Sunridge mall. Oh. And I'm like, I feel like I want to go and hug the people who work there because they're your people. Right. And so I do think that social media builds that mm -hmm. because you like, look at us, you can build a relationship with someone who you don't mm -hmm. see often or hadn't met, mm -hmm. like you meet people first on social media a lot of times. And then you meet them in real life. Um, so I do think that, and you've also connected with a lot of people who probably are getting your brand and your name out there in more ways on different projects that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been a, a great way to connect. I love um, being able to meet people. And it really like, think about during this time, during the last 14 months during COVID, where we're not allowed to really well, not, I'm sorry, not allowed, but it, I mean, there have been restrictions that have changed. So really social media has been such a gift in order to connect with people. And also, I always just want to give you the biggest hug because <laughs> you're so incredible and so dang personable. Every time you say something or you're telling a joke, I'm always laughing. You always brighten my day on social media. <laughs> well, thank you. But it is like, it is a way to connect. And I always say this, that I learned that from being overseas for so mm -hmm. long. That's the only way I had relationships with people mm -hmm. back home. That's why I initially mm -hmm. started a blog um, mm -hmm. back before Instagram was a big thing because that connection piece. And I, I recognize that it can mm -hmm. happen online. So I love that it's been able to transfer into the wine, women and well-being world and to build relationships like this. Um, so while we're talking COVID, should we talk about the COVID pivot? Like what has it done for your business? What have you had to do? Like, have you had to pivot? Did that change things? I imagine, I think it changed for everyone, but how, how much has it impacted you? Oh my word. Okay. <laughs> so load, loaded question. I know. Okay. March so, of 2020, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. Just March of 2020. Um, I remember when it first happened and we had to temporarily close our stores. I remember the day was March 18th. Like I have it ingrained in my mind. Mm. Um, my sister and I, we were like, oh my word, what is going to happen? So we didn't know. And I think not knowing was, was an issue for us. We're, we're, we want to plan and understand what's happening. So having our stores closed really made made us, of course, look at our online business. We were online, we were selling online, but we hadn't focused on it as much. 
just because we had so many stores to look after, right? When you have 23 stores, that takes up so much of your energy. So we had time to look at it. And then we took a really close look at our business during the time that our stores were closed. We went through everything and we had um, a stop doing list because everybody has a list of things that they want to do and they want to start doing but we had a stop doing list and we like would write down everything we did. We would rate it in terms of impact and why we would do it. And if the answer was, well, that's the way we've always done it. Scrap. Didn't do it anymore. That's Um, good. That gave us the opportunity to really look at our business. Um, The other thing that we did was we really focused on communications in our company because in times of turmoil, in times where people are uncertain, we need to over communicate. So we really focused on that. We had realized we weren't doing a great job. And I think that we could still be better, but we really focused on communicating with our people. Um, one of the things that I implemented was a weekly Paris Take Five, because as we're so spread out, I got feedback that people didn't get to talk to me as much, which is hard. We have over 200 employees. I can't call everybody. So every single week, a video comes out from myself or Trang, and it's five minutes. This is what's happening in the company. These are our goals. These are our celebrations. It gets uploaded onto our learning management system, and everybody has the opportunity to watch it. That's really helped in communication. That's great. So, yeah. But I'm sorry. I don't know if well. I really answered your question. The, How the did pivot. You no, you pivoted. You focused online. You got rid of the things. And I think that yeah. that stop doing list, I love that because that works for like not just business owners, but that works for real, like life, life. Oh yeah. Like it works right across the board. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and that social media piece probably comes into that, um, to the, the social media comes into the pivot because it's, it's all part of the online presence. Right. Yeah, absolutely. We did focus on our social media more. Like I said, I think I think we are a little bit late in the game. It really gave us time to look and see and ask, like, what what do our customers really want? Um, what does the community want, and what could we give more? And how do we add value to that? So that's been some of the things that we've really done, and really focused on why we did things in our business, and really only carried through the things that created a positive impact. So that was one of the biggest things that we we had to do, which I'm so grateful for. Yeah, and you guys are doing a great job. We- we're watching from afar going like just cheering. And and I love that. And I think that um, Calgary, Edmonton, we're all kind of in the same hub in the, in the Alberta hub. And I do think that uh, we've got a great movement here for cheering on fellow female entrepreneurs and women in business. And I just feel like so, so grateful to be part of it. And so we're, we're, we're watching cheering all the things and all the partnerships and collaborations that I see in it. And every time I see something come across, I'm like, yes, yes, Paris. (laughs) Um, So you've been, you've been doing a a great job of the COVID pivot. So it's, it's nice to see that there's so many, um, there's so many heartbreaking stories of, of people we see that are losing their businesses and losing their jobs that when you see people who've been able to continue what they're doing in, in such crazy times like stores are closing it's so I feel like um to be able to expand that and and explore the social media piece and the online piece that is a wonderful thing and it and it does leave us a lot to be grateful for and I'm going to use that transition to talk to you about I hear there is a gratitude wall in your office can you talk to us about that like tell tell us about that tell the people yes um Tell the people. Okay. So 
gosh, I am. Gratitude is like our very first core value in our company. And I just, I started practicing gratitude a couple of years ago. I, I think sometimes I'm going to be totally honest. Sometimes I get bogged down, not sometimes, a lot of times I get bogged down by the business and it's really easy to be like, Oh, woe is me. And it feel bad for me. And I just felt like I have to make a change and really gratitude. Like it is like they say it's the healthiest of human emotions and it really is. So I practice gratitude every morning and every night and it's a game changer. So I, when we built our office, our head office, like our corporate head office, I, we've been there for about four years now. I really wanted an open door policy, but people are like, Chow, like you need to have walls on your office. And I was like, okay, like that makes sense. So I made it glass. So it's a glass door and it's a total glass wall. So you can see right in, right? So I was like, that was my version of an open door policy. And um, I thought, oh my gosh, how amazing would it be if we made it like into a gratitude wall? So every single morning now, before we sit down and, and sit at our desk and do our work, um, everybody writes something on the wall that they're grateful for. And it's not any, it, it can be anything. It could be like, I'm grateful for the salad I had yesterday or for the sun or for my heated seats. You know, in the winter, we hear a lot of heat gratitude and the summer, we <laughs> hear a lot of AC Alberta. gratitude. Welcome to Alberta. Yeah. <laughs> when it's cold they're like I'm grateful for my winter jacket I'm like yeah me too so every single morning the team writes something down and then somebody asks them before they leave they wipe it clean and then we start again every day and I think that's oh my God, I love really that. helps to build our, our culture and then we get to read what everybody's grateful for it helps us learn about our team we get insight to what's going on with them and I, we've been doing it for yeah about four or five years it's been incredible I want to do that in my house I'm like, how can I make a wall, a whiteboard? Like, I just think that is so good to instill in, like, just as a regular practice. Okay, now I'm thinking like chalkboard walls. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off this call. I'm gonna be like, Kevin, we need to paint the wall and make a chalkboard. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it so much, and I, I think that, um, I don't know. I just felt like when people like start that day with that attitude of gratitude people are just happier. And I just, I want to be happy at work with everybody. Like, I mean, it's, it's, we work really hard, but it's just hard work is easier when you're happy. I think a hundred percent. And I like, I know like you hustle and you're a mom of girls. I'm a mom of girls. And I just think like, I love that. So obviously like how you watched your parents, your girls are watching you. And the fact that you implement things like that, like that, that's just regular mm-hmm. practice that we show gratitude. Like, that's not only a core value of your business, but it's just automatically triple trickling into your family. And I think that's beautiful. So now you, I'm not sure which way to go. Cause the, the, this next part that I want to talk to you about kind of goes hand in hand. So, um, you guys are involved in our manifest tour. It's going to be a big deal. We're excited about that. We won't dive too deep into into that, but this does tie into obviously um, a lead person in Manifest is Caitlin Bristow, <laughs> and love I, her, don't we all? So I don't know exactly when this is going to be released, but it was last night or the night before. So that'll that'll give you some some timing as to when when this podcast goes out. It won't be last night or the night before, but for you and I, Chow, last night or the night before, Caitlin Bristow got engaged, and she had 
such a freaking sparkler <laughs> on her hand that we were all like, can I, can I swear here? Are we in a safe space? If your kids are around, plug their ears. <laughs> we were all like, holy <laughs> shit, look at that ring. <laughs> and so I actually went on social media the next morning and I was like, because Caitlin Bristow was in like, this is topic of conversation in, uh, in our, uh, arena here because manifest. So I was like, okay, girls, yeah. Caitlin Bristow got engaged and holy crap, did we see her ring? And then like a couple of hours later, I see that Caitlin Bristow's freaking ring is from <laughs> Paris Jewelers. And I was like, ciao, sorry, I'm like breaking the mic here. I'm like yelling to you from my kitchen in Calgary to, to your office in Edmonton. <laughs> Um, you, you couldn't hear me obviously, but I was like, Oh my God, that is huge. You were like the next day you're like all over the news. Like this is a massive deal. And I don't know how much you can discuss, but tell me everything that you can <laughs> for the people that people um, want to know. And that I know for sure, because the few people who knew that I was talking to you, they're like, you make sure you ask her about that ring. <laughs> it's like, I'm on it. Okay. So first and foremost, she is so incredible. I'm such a fan. I love what she stands for. And that ring is absolutely gorgeous. Um, it is it is an oval. I love, love the oval. I have one myself. And um, it is five, a little bit over five carats. So 5.09 is stunning. It is sparkly. And what I can say is that every single detail on that ring like represents her and her and Jason's love story. Um, that's, that's all we're getting. Hey, is that it? <laughs> what, what, what else do you want to know? What else uh, do you want to know? No, I won't, I won't bug you because I know how it is. You, you gotta, you gotta respect people's <laughs> privacy and all the things. Um, mm -hmm. but you're damn right. Like what I said, um, on Instagram the other day is like when she's on stage at manifest, we'll all be bringing our sunglasses and I'll also be like, let me see that thing. Um, and so I do love that you guys will be out there and hop it on stage with Caitlin and, and, um, like a bit of a full circle situation, right? Like, I think it'll be yeah. amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, honestly, Jason was super, super wonderful to work with. He cared so deeply about creating a ring that really reflected her personal style. And he came in knowing that he wanted, um, the oval diamond and just was really intentional about um, just having something that was just really reflected her. So he was so great to work with and really every single detail really represents like represents them and their story. So it was incredible. The ring is rose gold um, and it is like a micro pave band and it has um, platinum prongs and in every single prong is um, three diamonds which represents their past, present, and future. Amazing. And as like, as a business owner, and obviously as a fan of Caitlin, I can only mm -hmm. imagine like when you got that call, that mm -hmm. message, whatever it was, like you talked mm -hmm. about how it's an honor to be the person who delivers that special mm -hmm. piece and to do it mm -hmm. for someone like Caitlin. Um, I feel joy for you because I can only imagine the joy that it brought you and that like holy crap moment that you probably had. And then like, you have time to process and you're like, yeah, yeah, we got Bristol over wedding ring. But I can appreciate that you probably definitely behind the scenes had like a, a holy shit moment. So I'm very for sure it, it for was you guys. such an honor. It was, it was such an honor to be included. Um, I, I don't really even have the words to express what an honor it was. And 
and how much like joy it brought me to be a part of this um, special moment for them. I could only Mm -hmm. imagine. And so now maybe this was it. Maybe your answer, maybe I'm going to answer the question for you, but what's next. So what are you personally manifesting? And maybe Um, with the Caitlin ring, but if (laughs) that is like, (laughs) do you have something like, what's your big, like scary, terrifying, like, what are you manifesting? I'm putting on the spot now. So do you want me to play some music? Take a sip of wine. So, So many things. Like I always say, go for no, like I'm always going to put myself out there because I'm used to hearing no my my whole life growing this business. So because I would say go for no. And if you you get a no, it's better that somebody else gives it to you versus if you don't even try, you're just giving yourself a no. Um, So one thing that we've really been doing as a company is and we've never really talked about and it's like hard for me to talk about now. I actually start sweating when I have to talk about it. But um, (laughs) we've really wanted to to really put focus on um, on, you know, being the change we wish to see in the world when it comes to racism. So when, like, we just launched our Asian Heritage Hope Collection, and 100% of the proceeds will be in support of, um, you know, just amplifying voices, and it will be donated to the Asian Solidarity Fund and Stop AAPI Hate. And I'm manifesting, really, like, if you ask me that, we're going to sell out of this set so I, we can, like, donate a lot of money, of course, but raise awareness, because I think, like, just... Um, if we could change one person's perspective, maybe that's one kid that doesn't get bullied that day just because of the color of their skin. And that would have been the change that I would have needed or anybody else would have needed growing up. So that for me is really where our company is super focused on, on doing good um, and using like, like, you know, like I'm, I'm privileged to have a business. I'm privileged to live in Canada. And somebody once told me um, who is incredible that, like with privilege comes power and how are we going to use that? So it's really our hope to be the change we wish to see when it comes to that. That's a beautiful legacy. And again, mm-hmm. as, as a mom, it comes back to me, me thinking yeah. it's a beautiful legacy for you to leave for your daughters as well. And for them to Thank watch. You. So amazing. Are you ready Thank for, you. are Thank you ready you. for rapid fire? Yeah, I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> is it like, is it going to be like family food, no, the fast money round? It doesn't have to be fast <laughs> money. So take a sip, prepare yourself. I'm going to as well. We have to make sure we're well hydrated here. Mm-hmm. Okay. It doesn't have to be super rapid, but these are just like our wine women and well-being questions. Cause I, I like okay. to know this about, about people and mm-hmm. all the things. So if you could share a bottle of wine with any woman living or dead, who would you share that bottle of wine with? Oprah. Can I come? Of course. Yeah, I want to be and there. If you, and if you get to talk to her, can you take me? Yeah, we'll go together. <laughs> Don't forget about me. <laughs> we'll get packed right, right now. You're going to get, you're gonna get invited to see Oprah before me. So you You'll need come. to take me with you. We'll go together. <laughs> Please, thanks. Um, right, this is recorded, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, can't get out of it now. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> what is your go-to well-being or self-care practice? Um, sitting outside of my deck in the sun with a good book. That's a great one. And I see that, I see that online. And when I do see that, I'm like, oh, that looks actually like beautifully relaxing fire table. Love it. That's like, I get a little self-care and this is, we can, we can live through each other during these COVID times. I'm like, oh, what does your backyard look like? Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, What is your favorite book recommendation? 
fiction you, or nonfiction? It doesn't matter because you know I copy your book recommendations as well. It's so hard. Okay. So for my fiction book, my favorite of all time is Me Before You. So good. Okay. I'm writing that down. I like I read the whole book and like it was the best thing. And then I read it all over again. As I wrote that back. down, I, I feel like I might have read it, but now I'm going to look it up. Okay, yeah. me before you. Write it down, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to go buy wine. What kind of wine are you buying? What's your What's your favorite? Spade and, spade and sparrows, of course. Good answer. It's a good answer. Um, what does sisterhood mean to you? Hmm. Okay, there's so many things that I could say, but I'm, I'm just going to sum it up like with my favorite quote by James Keller, and it is, a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. Yes. I, I love that. That's beautiful. And what advice would you give to your 16 year old self? I'm going to give it to my 16 year old self and myself right now, because I'm still <laughs> having the same problem. <laughs> um, not everyone's going to like you. Amen. You know, and yeah, not everybody's going to like you and not everybody's going to agree with you, but if you're true to you, they're going to respect you. And that is worth so much more than someone liking you. Respect stays. hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Chow, for being here, for sharing everything with us, for inspiring, for leaving the legacy that you're leaving and for just being such a boss. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. I'm, I'm super grateful and honored that you wanted to chat with me. Thanks for listening, friends. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and recommend us to a friend. Head to winewomenwellbeing.com to find out more about what our community is all about and reach out to us on social media. We'd love to connect. Until next time, stay classy, stay kind.